0: Hi everyone, it's Joel and Andy on the Stay Hungry podcast. Today we're talking nobody cares, work harder. Andy, this is um one that makes me feel a bit nervous. Don't worry Joel, we'll be good. Okay, go on then. So... Nobody cares,
1: work harder. Where have you you pulled that from? saw it somewhere on on the internet. It was the back of a biker's jacket. You know, they've got the skull and crossbones and stuff. And the phrase he had, rather than being an outlaw or general bad ass or something, was it said, nobody cares, work harder. And I've seen quite a few marketers use that as a catchphrase now. And so this podcast, it's a bit tug-in-cheek, but I do think that some business people seem to have lost sight of the benefits of working hard. You've, You've got to work smart, Of course, I'm not saying about work 20 hours a day, but like moving paper clips around and shit. You've got to work smart, but you've also got to put in the hours. Whereas I worry that hard work almost seems to be something that you should be ashamed of now. You should be working two hours a day, three days a week from a beach. And maybe that's just a post-COVID reaction, I don't know. But hard work will beat talent every time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And don't get me wrong, some people, maybe you're naturally born with some kind of talent or it's ingrained in you early on in childhood or something. Some people will always be better at maths than other people. But if it was that easy, everyone would be doing it. And I wish we could all work three days a week and be super successful. But the fact is, if you work three days a week, but you've got competitors working six days a week, well, you're going to be ice skating uphill. Yeah, and the real issue there,
0: obviously, is... Let's say you're very good at what you do. So, I don't know. Let's pick on... We always pick on plumbers, don't we? But let's say you're a really good plumber and you only want to work three days a week. I'm sorry to tell you, but there's other really good plumbers out there who are willing to work six days a week. So, if you've got intentions of taking over your town as the go-to plumbing company or taking over your county or your country, work ethic
1: matters. And yeah, absolutely. If you if you want a lifestyle business, that that that's a different kettle of fish. Mm. But yeah, if you're a plumber wanting to provide for your family, most plumbing companies out there, most people you're competing with, will be working six, seven hour, uh, seven days a week. That doesn't mean you have to work six, seven days a week. You can employ someone, so you can work four days. He or she can work three days, mm. whatever. But you're unlikely to thrive you might survive you're unlikely to thrive if you're just doing a few hours a day yeah yeah exactly there's very few
0: uh niches out there where you can get away with working one or two hours a day and make a real financial success of it i mean there's there's obviously different measures of success but i was watching a clip with um jake paul over the weekend and for those of you that don't know, he's a,
1: never trust a man with two two first names.
0: Yeah, never trust someone with a first name for a surname. Yeah, Neville Neville. <laughs> Apart from him, <laughs> Neville squared. So um, anyway, Jake Paul. He's an, he's obviously a massive influencer, huge. And then he's transitioned into boxing and has made more money than most boxers in boxing, which has caused him to get a lot of hate, a lot a lot of hate. Because, obviously, he knows about promotion. He knows how to really big himself up. And in this podcast that I was actually watching a video of a podcast, um, he starts crying because he said, it hurts how much criticism I'm taking. He said, because what people don't realize is I work really hard. I'm working 20 hours a day to achieve this. I'm a full-time influencer, and I'm having to train to be a professional boxer. And that takes it out of you. And what people were wrongly assuming is because he's an influencer or he just takes a few photos with a Lamborghini in front of a nice house, banks the cash, and then he goes to the gym all day. And it's like, no, there's strategy to what he's doing. There's thought, there's planning, there's travel, there's appearances, there's press, there's all the things he has to do. And you probably won't find many people willing to
1: work that hard. That's what pisses me off when people have a go at Queenie, you know. Like, whether you're a, a monarchist or royalist, and I'm probably in the middle, to be honest, but I am aware they bring in more money than they take out, Thank but you. that's by the by. Monarchist and a royalist is the same thing. So a monarchist and a Republican. Republican, right, yeah. yeah. Apologies. Um, but she's, like, 1,200 years old and works harder and does more appointments than most people I know, whereas the people who moan and bitch, are, not everyone, a lot of people I see moaning and bitching on Facebook about the Queen... I like the ones who are like sat on their ass at home, yeah, five days a week.
0: I mean, without going down the rabbit hole, I think for me is you have to remember she didn't choose it either. Mm. It's it's not. Like, I, I, I would I, want that bloody life. I'm sure she's been exposed to some amazing things and amazing privileges, but it, it it's a self contained prison as well. It's a it's a. <laughs> Yeah, it's hard, it's
1: hard work. And she and many other people work a lot harder than the people criticising. And, and I think LinkedIn causes a lot of problems, I think, the way it's going at the moment. In fact, I want to do a podcast specifically about LinkedIn. That if you were that plumber saying, it's unfair now that I've got to work five hours a day just to keep up with my competition – the way LinkedIn seems to be going, you'll just get an outpouring of support saying, yes, it's not right. You should be able to work how many hours you want. And there seems to be, and again, maybe it's a post COVID thing that you can just work from home all your life or work whenever you want. Every, you know, lots of people are talking about countries that are, are pushing for a, th- I read a bloody three day week, let alone a four day week. A three day week. And it's like, holy shit, especially if you're going up against me. maybe you trade, say, you do something internationally. So you're not just up against local people, you're up against companies in other countries. So if you're up against China who are working their bloody employees nine days a week, you know, yeah, you are going to be in trouble. And yeah, I think it's um, it's about leveraging your time as well. So
0: time, obviously time's everybody's greatest asset when they when you're younger, for sure. And... So by working hard, I don't think we're saying you need to go down the mines and chip away at whatever you chip away at down a mine for 12 hours. It's it's about working hard in the right focus and working hard on the thing that's going to bring you more success, whatever success is to you. So like we've got friends and family who are teachers. They undoubtedly work hard. They know it's never going to bring them millions but it's what they find rewarding. It's their version of success. And, you know, Jake Paul, another example, he's clearly doing it to bank a lot of money. Everyone knows he's doing it to bank a lot of money, but he's good at it, mm-hmm. and he's doing more of it. And then I think there's a real sense of... And this is what grates with all sort of sectors of society, is the people who want something for nothing. So... I know people who work really hard at what they do and are proud of the day's work they do, and maybe they don't earn much, but they they're very, very proud of of what they achieve that day. And they have friends who moan about, "Well, I it's all right for you; you've got a job, blah blah blah." And it's like, "Well, yeah, yeah."
1: It's interesting you say about the not uh, not appreciating how hard some people do work. And obviously social media distorts a lot of things, but you know, the example, a uh, good example would be my daughters. And it's probably more a reflection of me as a parent than anything else. Um, but they went through this phase a couple of years ago of wanting to set up a YouTube channel because they've seen these influencers, called the, something like the Dobre brothers or something who on the face of it, they just drive around in Lamborghinis all day. yeah. And they released two videos or they did at the time. I don't know what they're doing now. They released two videos a week on their YouTube channel, say every Tuesday and every Saturday, and they had millions of followers, and they were obviously multimillionaires driving their Lamborghinis around California. And my girls are like, "Well, I want to set up a YouTube channel." I was like, "Well, okay." So the dobrey Brothers, or whatever they are called, they released two videos a week. Is that what you're going to do then? Yeah, yeah. Be easy, be easy. Right, okay. We'll set up the channel together then, and you commit to doing two videos a week. Guess what happened? I think by th- week number three or four. Yeah, they hadn't done one. It's like, well, what's happened then? You told me it was really easy. They just swan around in Lamborghinis all day. And we had a good talk about sometimes underneath the surface, a lot of these people who you think success has come easy to them. No, no, that's what they're portraying, but they've worked fucking hard at it. And if you think, oh, making two videos a week and editing it and publishing it and promoting it, if you think that's a piece of piss, try doing it, and my daughters did, and, well, failed.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm getting a bit of shit at the moment for something um, which looks like an overnight success in that I've invested in an NFT that um, looks like I might do all right out of it. And a couple of my mates and family have basically banged on about how lucky I am. Oh, okay. How lucky you are with it. And uh Why did they buy then? We, yes. I mean I love my friends and I love my family. But fuck you. Is many <laughs>
1: friends a teacher?
0: <laughs> no, no, I haven't talked I don't don't talk to him about it. Um But it wasn't an insignificant investment in the first place. And most people that know me, you in particular, would describe me as risk averse. It's not it's not like I would Spend money on something that I thought was going to be a no, like a no go. And what they didn't see behind that was that I'd actually listened to podcasts, read about it, and followed the journey of this particular thing for three years before it happened. It wasn't a punt. It wasn't. I mean, it could it could still backfire on me. I don't want to get too. But you you have to be careful when you criticize people or call people lucky or. Suggest they're an overnight success if you don't have any idea of what's gone on behind the curtain. And
1: that's why so many people enter the lottery because it's it's bloody easy, just hand your pound over or two pounds, whatever it is. Yeah, because you might be that's one lucky person, even though aren't you like statistically like 20 times more likely to get crushed by a phone box or something than win the lottery? I mean, it's something ridiculous, isn't it? Yet, millions of people do spend over time, a lot of money entering something they're, yeah. they're never going to win. Yeah. Because it's easy. It's weird, isn't it? Buying an NFT isn't easy. Well, it is. You can just like pay money, but you wouldn't have a clue what it's going to do. Yeah, you don't, you'd pay over the odds if you didn't know what yeah. you were doing. So, you still, yeah. And that's... It, it is that hard way. We talked about, you know, I mean, we mentioned Neville Neville, Gary Neville's dad. Not that I know much about football. Neville Square. But I, I do know about David Beckham. And I remember when he was younger you know, when I was watching football in the 90s and stuff, it was legendary for, like, he'd be the one after practice when everyone else was getting changed. He'd be the one still out there in the field kicking balls and trying to get them through the tyres hanging on the wall. Yeah. So if, if you're practising something or learning something for four hours a day and, I don't know, you've got competitors with the same skills as you and the same number of staff as you, but they're practising for six hours a day, well, guess which one is going to yield the better results. And that's that's just life. It's not a case of what's fair and what's unfair. You're doing four hours a day. They're doing six hours a day. It doesn't matter that you've got kids and you've got this and you've got that going on in your lives where so-and-so single, he doesn't have to worry about children, he can spend six hours a day. Tough titties. That's a great example because I, mean, I think... I hope I'm right about Becca, by the way. But Yeah, his
0: dad used to hang... Um, Hula hoops off the goal frame and the crisps.
1: Yeah, he was really accurate. Oh my god, I was watching Maradona do keepy ups with um, a golf ball. Have you yeah, seen that? Yeah. Fucking hell, mad. Yeah, ridiculous.
0: But that whole like nature versus nurture thing. Anyone who succeeded professional sports a great way to look at this. Anyone that's succeeded in professional sport will tell you that there was a kid more talented than them. That that when they were 15 in the youth team, there was someone better than them. But they had the application, so they were willing to eat the right food, do the right training, train after hours. Recovery is a massive one, and this is big for business too. If you don't spend time decompressing or time exercising or time um, unwinding, you're doing yourself a massive disservice because that's part of your work. So hard work isn't just about the productivity side. It's about the bit that prepares you to be productive and the bit that winds you down from being productive. So David Beckham, going back to him, obviously spent time after training, practicing free kicks, practicing corners, making sure he hit the same part of the goal over and over again. But then he also went and sat in an ice bath after that. Then he went to see the masseuse to make sure he was all loose. And so he... And I'm, oh I might be wrong,
1: but I don't think he got dragged into the party scene either, really, did he? Well, he got a partner very young, so I think it It's just settled down. Yeah. Um rather than going out
0: boozing on. Yeah, I don't think I don't think I don't think he was ever a crazy partier like some of them, but they obviously that Man United team were had Alex Ferguson in charge and Roy Keane was the captain, so they probably <laughs> taken a bit of a beating. But it was that whole Training finishes at five, do I go home and have dinner with my family, or do I do an extra two hours training and then another two hours of recovery before I go home? That sacrifice is massive.
1: And it, won't, it just doesn't cut it now for people to say they don't have time when if they broke their day down into bloody half-hour chunks or whatever, and it turns out that a large percentage of that day is taken up binging the new series on Netflix or whatever. Yeah. It's and it's hard not to sound preachy about all this. I'm not saying you have to bloody no, get you up love at, Netflix. Series. Get up at 4 and so. work like a bloody beast all day. But if like well it turns out that you're spending from 7 till 11 most days watching Netflix or whatever it might be. You don't have to use all those 4 hours to do more work of course not, but 4 hours is a big chunk of change. Yeah, was that the most productive use of my time.
0: And I and I think, you know, if we get really philosophical about it, we don't just mean work. You, you, you have to put work into all areas of your life. So was three hours in the evening sat on the sofa with your wife watching Netflix a good use of your time towards your relationship? Or should you have had an hour at the dinner table, maybe gone for an evening walk, and then watched an hour of Netflix? And interestingly, how would that then impact your work day the following day? And that's where, you, that's where it really starts to stack, where the compound effect of your behaviours really hammer home.
1: Yeah, that's really good. Because I think a large culprit of this situation is this focus on the so-called work-life balance, whereas we look at it as work-life harmony. So work-life balance gives you the feeling that it's all about, it's all about the amount of time, but it isn't just about the amount of time you spend at work or the amount of time you spend with a loved one. But how present you are, it doesn't matter that you are in the office for 10 hours. Again, if eight of those hours were spent arranging paper clips, you'd be better off being in the office for five hours, shutting your door and working uninterrupted on income generating tasks. Because, you know, I mentioned this story somewhere before, but, you know, when my youngest daughter was eight or something, you know, I was really quite pleased with how much time I was spending with her. And she was like, but I, you're never fully here. You, 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 your phone's always going off. I'd rather spend less time with you but just with you rather than with you and your phone. And I was like, fucking hell. It took an eight year old to point that out to me. So work-life balance. I think that's just, if you look at his work-life harmony and being present and focused on whatever you do, work, family, time off, relaxing, things will be a lot smarter mm. and work better for you. Cause, cause I, I, I appreciate the mental health, the, the mental health aspect. You need to be mindful of, of pressure, but, being a business owner, pressure it does sort of come with the territory. And of course you've got to be mindful of it. But if you can only really handle working two hours a day, then you want to spend the rest of it fishing, well, maybe being a business owner ain't for you. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know,
0: you you kind of gotta match it up with your expected outcome. So if you freezy mass. If you're competing, if you do work two hours a day and you're competing with someone that works four hours a day, the reality is their business will end up being more than double yours because of the compound effect of their extra two hours every day. And if you're all right with that, that's, mm-hmm. that's fine. But, I mean, Gary Neville, we've mentioned his dad, he, off, he references in a lot of things that he was a very ordinary footballer but nobody was better than him at application, and so he worked so hard to make up for his flaws as a as a footballer through effort, and then and then you know became one of England's most capped right backs. That's not
1: bad. Blimey, blimey. So I mean, we talked about ex. Well, we talked about offhand exercise and stuff, but when you look at exercise, hydration, meditation these different things you can use to help you stay focused. I think you're surprised how much more you can get done in a small amount of time. Um, so where some people maybe pressure makes them turn to things that maybe aren't as beneficial for you, like booze, for example. Yeah. Um. You might be better off, like you mentioned, going for a walk. You might be better off just drinking more water. I mean, I used to think meditation was a load of old bollocks, but it's amazing now how many sort of people that we look up to, people that a lot of people look up to, turns out they meditate.
0: Meditate, journal, pray, wh- whatever their version of it is, there'll
1: be a way of them aligning their focus. Yeah, so that can perhaps address some of the, the mental ha- health aspects of pressure that come with being a business owner. Ryan saying, well, the, the secret, actually, the solution is to work less. I'm going to work three days a week instead of five. Yeah. Well, is I, that the answer? I, I think something that's worked really
0: well for me, and I know I know to an extent for you too, is to look at dead time. So I naturally wake at about half past five, usually. Clocks have just gone forward, so it's a bit different this weekend. But normally, I'll naturally wake about half five. If I set an alarm, I can comfortably get up at five.
1: Two hours later than uh, Nathan, then? Yeah, yeah. Our friend, who's
0: an absolute monster. <laughs> but that's not me. I'm not. I'm not a huge advocate of the 5 a.m. club. It's what's right for you. But my my dead time, the time where I all I want to do is veg out and watch Netflix, is probably any time after 7 p.m. I'm not going to get much work done after 7 p.m. My, my brain's tired. And so am I better off letting myself get out of bed at half past five rather than sitting there on my phone waiting for my wife to wake up and walking the dog, perhaps emptying the dishwasher, getting my emails done and my journaling done. So when I come into work, I've got a productive day ahead or should I just lie there as a lot of people do and then rush everything between seven and eight and then know that I'm going to be completely vegged out in the evening. Whereas, so that's now led to a point where I kind of go to bed at half nine and I'm, I'm fine with that. And I don't feel like I'm missing out anymore. And you know, the, Beauty of sky and stuff. You can record anything that you would have watched and all that. But my day is far more productive, so I probably do what most people would consider five days' work in about three days, which has bought me an extra two days. And at that's the moment, a
1: smart way to work hard.
0: Yeah, at the moment, I choose to use those two days for
1: work too, but I don't have to. So, yeah, that's 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 a really good thing. I mean, I, like you, I'm not a. A fully paid-up member of the five AM club, but that is the time, especially in the summer, I tend to wake up at. Yeah, and you know, lots of business owners we talk to, their day starts by them lying in bed, looking at their phone, maybe checking emails, which I've got to be honest, I wouldn't recommend anyway, because that's that's letting someone else. Detail. Control the, control the start of your day. Um, scrolling through social media, is that the best way to start a day? I'm sure there are probably more positive things to get you in a better better frame of mind. It depends if you're looking at, but, like, wrestling hashtags or not. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it, it just allows you that freedom to get up a bit earlier. And I don't meet many people who are more productive the longer day goes on, I've got to admit. And But, you know, there's all this talk about, oh, hustling, hustling 24-7, hashtag boss babe, all that kind of stuff. And, I mean... Let's face it, right? when, when you're established, maybe you can ease off in terms of the number of hours you spend working because you can, you've got the money to employ staff, for example. But when you launch and grow a business, of course, you, you've still got to put the hours in. But you can't do that forever. You can't hustle 24-7 forever. You can't scale a business that way. There's a real
0: risk with that attitude as well. Something that me and you have fallen into a few times is you get addicted to the grind. Mm-hmm. If, if you're hustling... A Dell boy, after, they
1: won, after he won all that money.
0: Yeah, like, if you're addicted to the grind, when things are go, I mean, I heard a phrase this morning, I can't remember it, but you might say it in a second. When things are going really well, so uh, what did Denzel Washington say to Will Smith today? Oh, God. That's where the devil comes for you or something. Yeah, at your highest moment of greatness, that's when the devil sneaks in type thing. So if you're used to the hustle and the grind success feels very strange because you kind of lose your edge and getting addicted to that is not necessarily productive so I've had days where I've gone home and thought bloody hell I've worked hard today and then I look at what I actually did and I achieved very little where I've had some days where I've gone home today might be one of those days I've done a lot today but i can tell i'm going to go home relatively calm which is which which is better the grind which is addictive Mm. because you get the kind of adrenaline or the the calm methodical but productive
1: and we bang on about the book eat that frog all the time i mention it loads in videos it's just such a good book and partly because it's such an easy read as well but if you're struggling to get time uh, to get stuff done in the allocated time if you're struggling to prioritize your tasks if you're struggling to work on income generating tasks if you are finding yourself bloody arranging paper clips and doing shit that the, the 10 pound an hour task that's the that's the cool common phrase at the moment isn't it yeah. if you find yourself doing the 10 pound an hour tasks when you should be working on the the hundred pound an hour task, a thousand pound hour task. i mean i was watching a video the other day where if you want to be a million pound business say it's you say for the sake of math it's you on your own You want to be a million pound business and say you work 50 hours a week as a business owner, that's 400 quid an hour. That's what you need to be billing at. So if you're fanning about answering the phones and stuff that you could probably pay a VA 20 pounds an hour to do, it makes financial sense for you to do that rather than you there answering the phones, managing your diary, handling emails, doing the books, all that kind of stuff. That's, that might make you go home thinking, "Oh, bloody old Joel! Oh, I've done a lot of work today. Great. Did it make the boat go faster?" Yeah, I um, I watched a video of Grant Cardone at the weekend,
0: and he basically it was, "What would you do with a billion dollars?" And he said, "I'd go to the banks or financial institutions or, or whatever, and say and make them lend me ten billion dollars, so that then I'd have a passive income of a billion dollars." <laughs> nice. And. Uh,
1: Because he said he he
0: was going to invest in property. But that's working hard and smart. Mm -hmm. And sometimes working hard is being willing to do things other people wouldn't do. Not necessarily with your time, but with your risk profile or with uh, mental fortitude or physical fortitude if you're an athlete. You know, some like a world's strongest man is willing to put themselves through more pain than a not world's strongest
1: man. When he we went to see Eddie Hall the year after, when when he was talking about the year he won, was it 2017? And he was talking about what he went through that I don't think other strong men were going through financially yeah. and emotionally to win the title. It was like, holy shit, he was seeing psychiatrists. He yeah, was, yeah. He'd spent how much on that hyperbaric chamber or whatever? It's <laughs> it like, sounded like he built himself. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, you're, you're committed to do... What your competitors won't do or can't afford yeah, to do. Yeah,
0: you've left no stone unturned, and that's that's not the same as just working every hour under the sun.
1: Hmm. There's a difference because if yeah, and if you can make yourself accountable, or even better, have someone to be accountable to, which is why coaches are certainly popular amongst successful business owners. They have coaches to make them accountable. It's there's this guy I follow. Um, oh God, what's his name? Big big fitness. Entrepreneurial guru guy, the name will come to me. Anyway, quite quite a big scary looking bloke. And he did a post George on social Stone? Uh, <laughs> no, I don't think it was. <laughs> um oh Bedros something. Oh. Anyway, I'll have to go and look it up afterwards, so right? So big fitness guy, motivational guy, etc. etc. Doing a post on social media. And I imagine the post he was referring to was a picture of him working out, and someone commented saying did you did you skip leg day bro? So basically saying that okay you got like big pecs and arms but you got little chicken legs, which I'm pretty sure this guy didn't. Anyway, so this guy says, "Well tell you what, I don't skip leg day. Why don't you come and train with me and do legs leg days a leg day together." Okay? And this guy was like, "That sounds awesome, bro." And Bedross was saying, "Well, this is my address, not far from you in California wherever it is." commit to coming at this date and time, the guy did. And they basically didn't show, and he's now blocked him and everything. So what this Bedros guy did was screenshot his conversation, including that guy's phone number, and post it on social, saying, don't give me shit. And then when you can't be accountable to yourself, you've you've said to me, you're going to turn up and do this, and you didn't. And now he's been totally outed. Never judge a man until you've walked a mile in his shoes. Yeah, it's like, holy shit. So, yeah, accountability it's fantastic. Cause if you're saying you haven't got enough hours in the day or whatever, well, you have. Yeah. Yeah. I can't think uh, of, of a, of a politer way and, of fucking saying that. And I guess the other, other
0: sort of bent on that is there's plenty of people out there who do things. I won't do they to achieve what they've achieved. They do things. I just won't do, but equally I'd like to think there's very few people out there that'd be willing to live a day in my shoes and do what I do to achieve what I achieve. Let's a
1: book. How many guys – in fact, when did we last meet someone who didn't say, oh, I've always wanted to write a book, there's a book in me? Okay, well, the difference is we've fucking done it. Yeah. You You probably ought, as a business owner, you, you probably have got a book in you, but there's a big difference in having a book in you, and to be honest, doing what we did in lockdown, to sit down and work out a plan of getting our book written and published. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Nothing and, to stop anyone doing that. And the, the flip of that, so we're lucky We're
0: because lucky we, we network in a lot of circles where people are f- full of praise for the fact we've written a book. They're, they're very generous for their praise. Is that luck? It was Well, yeah, luck was a bad choice of words after what I said before. Uh, we deliberately hang around with people who lift us up, don't pull us down. That's a better way of putting it. But if you are going to write a book... Know that the amount of shit you'll receive on the other side for writing that will blow your mind, so that's what that's hard work in itself, and sometimes being willing to do what others won't when you know that you're going to come in for some shit on the other side is also an example of what what's required,
1: and that's that's maybe. <sighs> Not the hardest sell, but something – there is that fear in marketing. If you market yourself more and you do it right, you will just have to deal with more shit. In fact, somebody said to us that the the price of becoming more successful is having to deal with more pain. Bigger problems. Yeah, Yeah, whether that's internally, like staff, HR headaches, or keyboard worries, whatever it might be. But, you know, what's that other – other phrase, amazing things happen on the other side of fear.
0: Yeah, new level, new devil. That's my, yeah. oh, that's that's nice my favourite one. Because you just... Obviously... Have
1: you been talking to Denzel again?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Joe, one of the other. <laughs> but yeah, it's that... Knowing, like the fear, the fear and do it anyway type attitude of... I know this is going to be hard. I know I'm going to have to go through quite a lot of pain, be it mental, emotional, physical... And I'm going to do it anyway. Have a look around your friends and family and you'll be able to spot the ones that can do that. And it's even easier to spot the ones that can't.
1: Yeah. And it's friends and family. We talk about the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And that's offline and online. But if you're surrounded by well-meaning people, but they don't really pull you up or... They agree with everything you say. And that's that comes back to that sort of LinkedIn point I made That mm. If you ask for feedback on LinkedIn, generally speaking, because people are lovely and they like you, they'll just tell you the nice things. Whereas sometimes if you're posting something like, oh, I've just done my first video. Here it is. What do you think? Everyone's probably, oh, Andy, that looks brilliant. Oh, I wish I could do a video. Oh, I admire you. That's amazing. Whereas that might be true. But what about if there are things you could, have done better on that video. Who's going to actually be honest and and helpful enough to message you privately, saying, "Have you thought about doing this, or have you thought about filming it this way?" Stuff that's actually going to help you. Yeah. Because yeah. if you're there moaning about, oh, I've got to work twelve hours a day to to outdo my competitors, and everyone's going, oh, that's so unfair, hun. Oh, <laughs> that. Oh, blah, blah, blah. No bollocks. You can use your time smarter there are people out there to help you there are apps out there to help you there are simple processes you can put in place that might be painful in the short term but well oh, just no, no pain no gain where you could extract more focused energy out of a shorter amount of time
0: yeah yeah I think it's interesting isn't it when people look at you and they're like why do you put yourself through this it's like do you not see everything else I get because of
1: it like there's two sides to that yeah no absolutely absolutely so what would your sort of final thoughts be because um, it's hard, like if we were to call this podcast nobody cares work harder it's like oh oh yeah I, that, that's not the solution is it just to work harder no it's about working smarter but you ain't get, if you think you're gonna get to the pinnacle of your your industry by working five hours a day monday to thursday and that's it yeah yep and that's okay that's i guess that's the other thing
0: is as long as you don't um feel entitled to whatever that the the truly successful people in your industry get as a result of their efforts that's okay the moment you think you're entitled to things that you haven't earned that's a real and i don't mean necessarily financially earned i just mean earned it's there's nothing more frustrating than sitting with somebody who envies what you've got but isn't willing to do what you did to get it. And, yeah.
1: and that's most of the hate you'll get online It's from people who are, you'll remind them of stuff maybe they think they should be doing, but they know that it yeah. falls down. They just can't be asked. And, and like to qualify this as well, I
0: am well aware that I'm lucky to live in the UK. And to have gone to a half decent school and to have had the opportunities presented Mm -hmm. to me that I've had presented to me. And I've met people who've definitely worked harder than me and have less to show for it. I'm not, that's not, that's not what we're getting at here. What we're getting at here is removing excuses. So I don't mean people who are, you know, living in a war torn country or living in abject poverty in this country. I mean, on a day to day level if you 're sat in a network meeting with other businesses and they 're like oh it 's hard at the moment isn 't it don 't fall into that it 's always hard there 's always a reason to think it 's hard so
1: yeah entitlement that 's that 's god we could do multiple podcasts on that that 's I think damaging a lot of businesses and it 's being those opinions about being entitled to something are being are being again reinforced on social media we we 've had it with um well, quite recently, a health club client where a pregnant lady wanted free membership or rather expected free membership purely because she was pregnant and the doctor said she should um, do some regular exercise. She thought that entitled her to free gym membership. See, I I find that so difficult because
0: I think there's people in society in all walks of life you don't know what's going on behind the closed door so you, that level of entitlement is is horrifying There's, there are people who have nothing and you're in this in this case a middle class pregnant lady asking for free gym membership it's like you're not top of the list for a free
1: membership <laughs> like like was well, you thought a sainsbury's it, it, well, it was a supermarket where you know a lot of businesses were offering discounts and stuff to key workers and you know doctors and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And someone piped up saying because they worked at a supermarket, would they be entitled to the discounts as well because they were there serving people? It's like fucking hell.
0: Yeah, I, yeah. it's that's scary. It blows isn't my it? mind. It's scary, and I think, but that's that's the. I think what we're getting at is entitlement is a real issue when it comes to work ethic, because every, and something I always point to that I think is pretty fair across the board in the UK is the pressure for schools to give everyone a medal in the running race. And like, what are you teaching those kids? Because it's okay to come first and it's okay to come last. And you learn more from coming last than you do from coming first. And I tell you, you learned the most in that race, the person that came second, because they nearly won. And if you just give them all a gold medal, it's a real. And it, and it's not because I think we should have a hierarchical society, or that. Some you people know, you'd get shot down if you said that on, on LinkedIn at the moment. Yeah, I think I think it's one of those things I'd be willing to say. It's that's.
1: Uh,
0: I stand by that opinion. I
1: Absolutely, because the the kid who who came first in the hundred meters race. Guess what. ain't coming first at everything. Yeah, shit at maths. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I was going to say about the the Wheezy Overweight kid at the back. He'll be like a chess champion. But everyone's got these skills. And it's like, well, how hard am I going to work? Or in fact, why should I work hard when everyone's going to get a fucking medal anyway? Yeah. So you you run the risk of the person almost like working less hard and not bothering and achieving less in their lives. Because Because they're going to get it
0: anyway. Yeah, exactly that. And that's... That's what I really struggle with is there's a real joy to true hard work. I, and, and I learned this off my mum and my dad uh, where they do a proud day's work and I sometimes see, Sir, not everyone, I mean, we we're very fortunate to have a team who their values and cultural ethics are on the same wavelength as us. But you do see people who are like, well, I deserve that. Do do you? I, I, I mean, there's certainly people out there who can't have things because of circumstances outside of their control. And I would hope that in a society like the UK that some of those people would be given that opportunity. But that isn't the same as, like, everybody thinking they deserve to have Sky TV or...
1: Or, or or a lady we know who thought it was really unfair um that someone her age couldn't afford a house and thought, you know, it was it was terrible till you pointed out you were the same age as her and you had a house. And yeah. I'd say she probably grew up probably with more advantages than you did. Yeah. That's tough, isn't it? Yeah. That, that's tough. But then when you find out her entire weekend consists of sitting in your pajamas watching Netflix, well, that's why oh, Charles got, got a house and you haven't.
0: Yeah, she was older than me, wasn't she? I forgot that. I did. We won't name names, but yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not going to get my violin yeah. out, but I certainly didn't come from a place of advantage. Let's but say. no one
1: likes being told that for sure, do they? What, what? Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So when someone was sat there saying, "Oh, well, I'm never going to be able to afford a house," and I'm well, and you never will with that attitude. No, and and I and I appreciate there are people that probably never will. Afford, and that's different. Yeah, but this this lady that we're talking about had well, she would have had good grades at school. She certainly had more social economic advantages than me.
1: So it was choice. Yeah, and it comes down to what this podcast is all about. She just didn't have your work ethic. She wasn't she wasn't prepared to put the hours in to learn. Here's the bare minimum, and that's what I'm going to achieve. And that's what it boils down to. If 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 that's your lot in life, then that's fine. And if you're a business owner running a lifestyle business, again, that's fine. But if you want to run a super successful business, doing the bare minimum ain't the answer.
0: And I think the takeaway for me, particularly for business owners listening to this, obviously everyone should work hard. I think it's important just for your own self-esteem to work hard. When you start working for yourself, work harder. Because... Oh. You have to, you have to. Just otherwise, you're doing yourself a disservice. Unless you you've banked a load of money and you want a lifestyle business and power to you, that's awesome. Nice, right, Andy? Before we sign off, we've got some big news for the podcast. Have you Joel it involves your name and my name <laughs> and a dot com. Um, yeah, so by popular demand, obviously everyone knows this is Andy and Joel owners of Code Break, and we do a lot of done for you marketing um for various clients throughout the world but lots and lots of people have been asking us to train them and to coach their teams and we've just not really been able to do that uh under a consultancy banner because there's only two of us <laughs> so you know there's only so many people we could so uh when you listen to this podcast if you visit andyandjoel.com you'll see that we've launched a coaching platform and You'll be able to work with us for a year or more uh, to learn all about the marketing that sells formula, uh, learn about some of the mindset techniques that we talk about on here, and yeah, work closely with us, some of our team, to really further your marketing knowledge. Nice. Where was that again? Andy
1: and Joel. So it's not Joe. It's not Joe.
0: Joel. J-O-E-L. Not Mr. Gallstone, as Barclay Card called me the other day. (laughs) Mr. (laughs) Gallstone. Alright, take care of everyone.